for 30 plus years. I've seen every type of child grow up. It's always a delight to just talk about how we leave a legacy for generations to come. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. It's been able to change into a time of my life that I am grateful for. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is Episode 3, The Three Big Questions. I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker. Parents, thanks for joining me on this parenting revolution. As a pediatrician, I've talked with thousands of parents just like you. As a mom, I know those tough times you're walking through. Don't give up. Parenting may seem overwhelming, but I promise you, it's the most rewarding thing you'll ever take part in. In this episode, I'm going to address the three big questions that your child needs you to answer. Why bother to consider these questions? Because as parents, we need to listen to our children. Really listen. The three big questions are, one, mom and dad, what do you believe about me? Two, how do you feel about me? And three, what are your hopes for me? So I'm going to share with you how you can respond well to these questions. And I promise you'll see a massive difference in how your child interacts with you. Also, I asked thousands of you what questions were burning on your heart that you're running into every single day. I created answers to them, and I'm going to be featuring a marvelous question. In this episode, my 13-year-old is addicted to porn. And also, I'm going to share a story spotlight with you about a mom who balances work, marriage, three kids, and she still finds time to empower her kids. You are going to love it. And just a reminder, don't be just podcast downloaders. Be subscribers. Click the subscribe button next to the title of this podcast and tell your family and friends to do the same. It helps us more than you know, and it helps you because when you subscribe, every episode will automatically go into your show feed. So thank you for listening to episode three, the three big questions. I am honored to partner alongside every one of you parents. So stay with me. So let's get into it, parents. Let's talk about the three big questions that your child needs you to answer and how you can respond well. Question one, mom and dad, what do you believe about me? Every child, regardless of his or her age, searches you, mom or dad, for clues regarding what you think about him or her. When you walk into the room, your daughter looks at you. Have you had a good day? Have you had a bad day? Are you in a good mood? Are you in a bad mood? If you're in a good mood, she'll stay. If you're in a bad mood, she'll just walk into another room. Remember this, the next time you come home from somewhere, from vacation or from work or from the grocery store, whatever, if your child is at home and you've been separated for a little while, even if it's just been for 30 seconds, the minute you step into your child's presence, that child begins to scour you for clues about what you're thinking about him or her. Now, I'd like to tell you that your kids do this because they're really interested in you, but they aren't. Children, even if they're 18 or 19 or 20, are thinking about one person, and that's themselves. 
So they are scouring you for clues about what you think about them. Okay, so if your son looks at you, dad, and looks at your face and sees that you're in a bad mood, he might think, oh, maybe my dad's mad at me, or oh, maybe my dad doesn't want to be with me, or gee whiz, I better leave right now because my dad doesn't want to talk to me because I might annoy him. Your kids read you to think about what you're thinking about so that they can grab hold of that and internalize that. So if your son, dad, walks into a room and looks at you and you smile, that son reads, gee, my dad believes that I'm great. He wants to be with me. He pulls that thought into himself and then he says to himself, and most of the time this is subconscious, since my dad thinks I'm great, I'm great. He internalizes what he believes you believe about him at that moment. He does this when he's two, when he's five, when he's 12, even when he's 40, I think. I did this with my father. So your kids, mom and dad, scour you for messages about what you believe about them. That means they're looking straight into your heart. So you have to figure out what are you believing about your kids? Second question, how do you feel about me? Kids need to know that you love them every hour of every day. This is very interesting because I have asked many kids in my practice, tell me who loves you. And many times I do it right in front of their parents because I like to listen to what kids have to say. You can't believe the amount of time kids give me this response. Well, I know my mom and dad probably do because they have to. Or I think my mom and dad do. And the parent sitting in the corner of the room is stunned because clearly the parent has tried very hard to communicate to that child that he's loved. Well, the way you communicate to a child that you love him doesn't necessarily mean he feels loved. Many times in communication, there's a disconnect. You may think that you love him by giving him a lot of stuff and getting him to the right school and paying for his sports and driving him all around. But what makes a child feel love is often very, very different. You need to say, I love you often. You need to show your child you love him by being good to your spouse. A child who sees you arguing constantly with your spouse doesn't feel you love him. Because if you loved him, you wouldn't argue with his mom and you wouldn't argue with his dad or you wouldn't say bad things about mom or bad things about dad. That's how your child feels loved. So study your child and figure out how can I make my child feel more loved today? First, you got to start by saying it. And the third question is, what are your hopes for me? I want to clue you in on something here, parents. Many kids, particularly teenagers, don't think much about life after 25. They live with the belief that all the good stuff happens before they're 25. That's why they're running around wanting to have sex all the time. Because they think the good stuff happens before they're 25. They don't think about what they're going to be when they're 30 and 35 and 40. They don't think about where they're going to live. They're not thinking about getting married. They're not thinking about their job. They're not thinking about their children. And I've actually seen this. I've been in schools where life is so tenuous, they really don't believe they may live past 25. I can't talk to them about marriage because many are afraid they're not going to live long enough to get married. Kids are all about the here and now. So 
Now that you know that, parents, you need to start talking to your kids about what you hope for them in the future. Not, I hope you grow up to make a whole lot of money one day. I hope you grow up to work on Wall Street. I hope you grow up to be this and do this. My hopes for you, son and daughter, are that you will grow up and have a wonderful life, that you will grow up learning through your teen years how to be honest, because being an adult who is honest is one of the most important character qualities you can have to make your life successful. I hope that you will learn how to love so that you can have a life filled with love when you're an adult. I hope that you leave home as a disciplined person with self-control so that you will enjoy your life as an adult when you're a mom or when you're a dad or if you're single, but as you're a functional, happy adult in your life. You don't want to write the script. Let them write the script, but you're talking about character qualities again. I hope that you are a strong-willed adult man or adult daughter. Again, Mom and dad, what do you believe about me? Mom and dad, how do you feel about me? And mom and dad, what are your hopes for me? Let me tell you something, friends. If you only get these three questions right, if you work the lifetime that your child has under his roof with you on answering these three questions to the best of your ability, you've won. Answer these three questions and you've given your child the best start in life that will launch him to success and happiness and freedom for the rest of his life. Don't worry about anything else. Just get these three questions right and your son or daughter is ready to fly. I promise you. All right, let's get social. I want to hear from you and interact with you. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can go to megmeekermd.com and click on the links. You can send me a question on Facebook or email it to me at askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Again, that's askmeg at megmeekermd.com. This question comes from Kathy in Texas, and she has a very serious question. And she writes, my 13-year-old is addicted to porn. What can I do? Well, first of all, Kathy, kudos to you. Any parent who is willing to face the tough stuff with their kids is a winner in my book. And this is why I talk about strong parents. You know, this is not a day for wimpy parents because our kids are growing up in a culture that doesn't like them very much. And I say that because it's throwing porn to them. Kathy, I assume that you have a son. And I'm not trying to be sexist here, but the reason I say that is this. Um, Boys are more, more visual, and they tend to get hooked on visual things faster and easier than girls do. So I'm going to run with this thinking that your child is a boy. Um, I want to tell you, first of all, this is very serious stuff. The problem for your son is this. He is a victim here. And as you begin to talk to your son, first of all, you need to thank him for telling you about the porn. If he didn't tell you about the porn, then you need to tell him, I'm so glad I found out. Because what you want to establish right off the bat is you're on his team. He's not the enemy. He's the victim. It's the porn producers 
who are the jerks. They're the bad guys. He's not the bad guy. And you want to communicate to him that he's in a tough spot, but you are right there with him. And if you can, his dad's right there with him. And you're going to help him through a very serious problem. And you're going to help him because he does need to have the help. So first thing you want to do is applaud him for inviting you in. Second thing you need to do is let him know that you're on his team. Third thing you need to do is he's going to feel ashamed. And you need to address that. And you need to say, I know you're feeling shame because porn is shameful. You're not shameful. Porn is shameful. So I want you to understand you should not feel ashamed. As we walk through this, I want you to also be completely honest with me about everything that is going on. I want you to understand that porn has a strong hold over you because you're a normal boy. You're a healthy 13-year-old boy, and that's what pornography is intended to do. So this is serious. It has a strong hold over you. You can't break it alone. So that's why you need me, and you may need somebody else that we are going to have to contact to help us along here. You need to help him face the power it has over him, and you need to tell him that he should ask for help whenever he needs it. If along the way, As the weeks go by, because it's going to take weeks to crack this addiction, he is uncomfortable with you. He needs to be honest and tell you that. You're perfectly fine with it. You're going to ask for help outside the home. As he walks through this addiction, you tell him there is a solution for addiction. He needs hope. He feels terrible. He feels stuck. He feels this monster has its teeth stuck into him. And you need to tell him, we're going to break it. It's going to take time. It's hard, but I can help you do this. But it's going to take a lot of work. We're going to have to have a plan. I'm going to have to take your iPhone away, not because I'm punishing you, but it's way too much temptation. You can't have electronics in your bedroom. Every parent should tell their kids, no electronics, no laptops in the bedroom, particularly if you have a teenage boy in the home. Anytime he's on the internet, he should be around the kitchen where mom or dad is stirring spaghetti because it's hard to look at porn when mom's stirring spaghetti right next to you. He's going to need a lot of support. I want you to tell him whatever support you need I have it there for you. We may need a third party like a counselor and tell him, you're not a psycho, you're not a freak, you're not disturbed. You're a normal, healthy 13-year-old boy who has fallen prey and fallen into a trap. And in order to get you out of this trap, we need to pull out all the big guns. So I need to help you get a counselor. If you don't know where to find a good counselor, mom, go to your pediatrician. Pediatricians deal with this. Your pediatrician will help steer you in the direction you need to go to find a counselor who's good with addictions and who loves working with teenagers. Thanks so much for writing, Kathy. As always, parents, keep sending me your questions at askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Again, that's askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Well, today we've been talking about the three big questions every child needs answered. These are fundamental to getting it right as a parent. And I have a special gift for you. If you go to megmeekermd.com forward slash three questions, either as a number or the word three, you can download a free short ebook on the three questions and how to put them into practice as a parent. That's absolutely free at megmeekermd.com forward slash three questions. Listen in on a story spotlight about a mother who's mastered the art of empowerment for her children in her home. 
called Who You Are. It's Sunday morning at Fellowship Bible Church. Things start to move pretty fast early on. Go meet some new people. Let me slide right in here, fellas. How are you guys? Good to see you all. Right in the middle of it is Carrie Henry, the children's ministry pastor. I can take it to him. Thank you so much. So are you in kindergarten? Okay. Will you unlock that door for them? Thank you. Are you all both signing up? Yeah. Excellent. We can note those allergies. Oh, I missed you this week. I'm going to come back in here and check on you and see how many friends you've made, okay? How is everybody? And every Sunday, Carrie takes a moment to address her team. Influence is happening back here because of you. You aren't babysitting. You are building relationships with kids. You're investing time in them. Some of them wear diapers and drool. Most of them eat goldfish. And we are making one difference, one difference. Maybe it's just one child. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to be present. That's you guys. Carrie and her husband, Travis, are just as intentional at home about parenting their own children. Oftentimes, their parenting takes place around an old kitchen table where the family enjoys gathering to eat and laugh together. That may be Carrie has known her husband, Travis, most of her life. In fact, the two were even high school sweethearts. We have grown up together. All I ever wanted to be was wife and mom. However, becoming parents wasn't going to be simple for Carrie and Travis. 15% of the population deals with infertility. So when it happened to us, I was blown out of the water. I was at the time a liaison teacher counselor in um, a children's psychiatric unit, an inpatient facility, and then a community-based facility in the school system. And it really was, I thought, ironic that God would bring me personally through a journey of infertility at the same time that I'm learning all of this about parenting. Adoption had also become a topic of conversation as they continued to struggle. And though they remained open to it, Carrie was surprised to find out that she had actually become pregnant. Leah was born seven years into marriage for us, born in 94. And I remember thinking, I may not be the one cut out to do this. I mean, honestly, I just don't want to mess this child up. And it was, you know, within the first three or four years, I thought, My call is not to make a mental giant. My call is to help build the character that is this child. And as it turned out, Leah was only the beginning of their parenting. Our second daughter, Ruthie, was born in 99. Completely surprised us. We didn't think it would ever happen again. And lo and behold, there she was. And then our baby of the family came home through adoption in 2005. Gracie was 18 months old when she came home. With three children, Carrie was able to be the mother she always wanted. And from Travis's perspective, this wasn't just three children. Three girls, how should they be treated? And hopefully I can model that by how I treat their mom, but just to tell them that you are worth being loved. You are precious and not just how to be a a mom or how to be a, a wife. Their youngest, Gracie, has little memory of her adoption, but she was aware of something very important. My mom and dad would always hug me if I was crying and I really felt really safe. You know what I mean? And I feel like every kid should be safe with their parents because it's sort of a part of your relationship. And their old kitchen table holds a special significance for their middle daughter, Ruthie. 
who recently wrote a school poem about the table and Carrie. Sitting at the head of the table, there sits my mother. Her hair up, PJs on, coffee in hand early in the morning. Such wisdom, such love, such beauty, such spirituality, such grace. She turns the page of her Bible, not noticing me staring, admiring her, thinking of all she has done and laid down for me. Wondering if I will be that kind of mother, hoping I can be that kind of mother. I close my eyes and think of all the wonderful memories we've had. Their oldest daughter, Leah, now in college, was affected most by what her parents believe about her. They've always believed the best and always supported and loved me, and that was not based on what I did ever. It was always just who I was as a person. Leah's senior year, they were asked by their youth leader to come up with one word that describes your parents, and Leah's one word was present. It's super important to me that once I have kids that I'm able to be fully present in their lives because I think that made a huge difference in my life. The messing up part that I feared at 28 became the more valuable part of her takeaway as an adult. I I, I mean, is that ironic? Carrie is aware that her parenting is as broken in some moments as it is successful. But to her daughters, one thing is very clear. I have always said to my girls, biologically or adoptively, if you had not been born into this family, I'd choose you. She has the ability to disengage from her to-do list and what all is in her mind going on and just fully invest in relationships. And her biggest mission field was to us three girls. I definitely know my parents love me without a doubt. Well, I know they believe that I'm a strong woman, I'm intelligent, that I, they believe that I'm athletic, but that's not my identity. She's loving, caring, and it'd be awesome to be my mom, like my mom when I grow up. When I look at my girls, who they are is a piece of art that's still being done. That story is still being written. What do you believe about me? How do you feel about me? What are your hopes for me? Mom and dad, when you focus on getting the big things in parenting right, like answering these three questions, over the years that you're parenting your child, you're on your way. Any parent can reply to the three questions. Any parent, whether you're a single mom, whether you're a single dad, whether you're married, whether you're an adoptive parent, whether you're a step parent, whether you're a surrogate parent, you know, maybe you're an uncle out there who is raising your sister's kids because your sister is incapacitated for some reason and the children's father is out of the picture. Maybe you're the dad for those children. So you assume all responsibility. You're not off the hook. These questions are for you because that child in your life is looking to you every time he or she walks into a room and is reading you for answers to these three questions. Mom or dad, what do you believe about me? I want to tell you something here. If you believe that your child was a mistake, if you believe that your child is a screw-up, if you believe that your child was a failure and you don't really like him, and he reminds you of yourself, when you were five, and you couldn't stand yourself when you were five, guess what your child is going to think you believe about him? Your heart is communicated to your children. That's the tough thing with kids. 
You can't buffalo them. You can make everybody in the world think you love and adore that child. But if you feel ugly towards your child, you better reconcile those feelings because your kid's going to believe that's what you believe about them. Same thing is true with the second question. How do you feel about me, mom or dad? If you're struggling with liking that child, but you really love him, you better work on liking him or her too. And here's one of the best ways I know how to do that. We'll talk about this in a later podcast. Never take your child personally. If you're really struggling with disliking your child, for a moment, pretend you're parenting the next door neighbor's kid. Easiest way I know of how to love and like a child at the same time. Mom and dad, how do you feel about me? Tell your kids you love them. And finally, what are your hopes for me? Talk about your child's future. You don't have to get into the specifics of writing his or her script, but you do need to tell them life gets better. Everything about life gets better. Work gets better. School ends eventually. It really does. And a lot of kids don't believe that it's going to end, but life gets better. Let me tell you something. When I'm invited to a wedding and these brides and grooms who are newly engaged, oh, you know, your life as you knew it is over. The noose is around your neck. You got a ball and chain, da 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 da. I go to them and I say, I'm going to tell you something. Marriage is amazing. It is one of the best things you're ever going to decide to do in your life. I've been married 35 years and I can't imagine not being married. It only gets better the older you get. We've got to start giving hope to our kids. You know, we've got to get out of this mindset that life is great when you're in college and high school. It's not great when you're in high school and college. It's terrible. Let me tell you something. When you turn 50, it's freedom. I told my husband when I turn 50, I'm going to say what I think, I'm going to do what I want, and I'm going to feel the way I feel. And I think I scared the daylights out of him. We've got to tell our kids that life gets better when they get older, and we've got to start believing it. That's how you communicate to your kids what your hopes for them are. You talk about them, and you believe in them. So remember these three points to ponder. One, intentionally focus on the messages you're sending your child, both words and actions, because they're searching for clues about what you really believe about them. Two, say I love you often and show your love by helping your child and spouse. Three, ask your child questions, what they want from life, what they're passionate about, and how they can pursue those passions. Again, three points intentionally focus on the messages you're sending your child. Say I love you often and ask your child questions, what they want from life, what they're passionate about. We've got to be the ones who are giving our kids hope for the future. So until next time, parents, remember, great kids are raised, not born. Thanks for listening to Parenting Great Kids. And just a reminder, for your free short ebook, go to megmeekermd.com slash three questions. That's megmeekermd.com slash three questions. If you'd like to tell us what you think, write us a review. And to catch future episodes, be sure to click subscribe. And as always, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Meg Meeker.